Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my left, G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Here to tell, to tell you about the comics coming out for this week and uh, review some books we read over the last seven days and also a book club book, Sentient, uh, by Jeff Lemire and Mr. Gabriel Walta. We're going to give you a little preview. The second issue there got a little dark. Um, uh not, not, I mean, the first issue was dark also, but the second one was more emotionally dark. Um, and we'll talk about it later. But <clears throat> before we get there, uh, Peace uh, Maker came out today. I didn't watch it yet, though. So no spoilers on that, baby. Uh, but just uh, just know that is out there. Eternals is on Disney+. Plus. And uh, the, right. I know finally me and Alex finally get to watch it to see if Garrett is correct. Uh, hey, I've been watching. I've seen clips about it because they're promoting it, right? Because it's coming to Disney Plus. And every single yeah. clip of like nothing's happening, and I go, "Oh, this is what Gero's talking about." Do they just sit you around know, and talk a lot? It's literally like, yeah, they do a lot of talking, and like, <laughs> I guarantee you, any review you see of that movie, they're like, "Oh my god, it set up, it sets up the future so good." I'm like, "Yeah, well, the movie's boring as shit." So, uh, <laughs> is that just your brother's review? Yeah, my brother's review, he said that it was amazing. But it, yeah, it was my brother's review. He's like, oh, the future, all the cool Easter eggs and cameos. I was like, hey, I watched Iron Man 2. That wasn't a great movie, but it had tons of Easter eggs and set up the future. So <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's a good movie because it sets up future movies. Oh. You're so bitter sounding. <laughs> I know because, guys, I, this is my honest opinion. I put it below Thor The Dark World. Wow. Yeah, so number whatever, however many Marvel movies there are, 27, 28, it is yeah. 28 out of 28. So. Really the worst. Well, yeah. I actually forgot one, forgot that it was coming out uh, yesterday or today or whatever day it is. Uh, and I, I honestly don't care. I will see it. I will watch it. Way happier that it's on Disney+. Plus, But I honestly forgot that it came out until you literally just told us, Marvin. Who are you calling? That's Corey if he, if how he liked it. No, you can't. He's at Scream right now. Oh, he's at Scream movie. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta clear this shit, man. I was gonna be surprised. Oh, by the way, I mean, if I might just be getting out. We just we did, we did get a voicemail here. Please call Steve K at TCS four. And there's a number. I don't want to give you the number. Uh-huh. So, uh, Mr. Steve T at TCS that uh, he somehow got the right number, and I said delete. There you go, Mr. Steve. <laughs> um, not that a bank? TC- no, that was TCF. Remember, we, oh. didn't, we were at our, our former establishment uh, and where uh, Alex works, we'd accept those checks. Yeah. Like, Do not take those checks. And, like, and yeah. people would come in and be like, it's a legitimate bank. And said, no. Because they just give a checking account to anybody. Which is like, I think anywhere gives a checking account to anybody. They don't credit check you for a checking account. You know what I mean? Um, I can't believe you maybe stopped calling that number. We could have got voicemail at least. It's not going to ring. Doesn't he have it on silent? I don't know. He might not. Maybe not. He's he's fumbling. They show the killer on screen, and then he's like, damn it, guys. And I'm like, hey, I tried to warn him. We tried to stop him. Yeah. But I'll tell you, yesterday when uh, Eternals came out on Disney+, Plus, which I forgot as well, um, I skipped right past it and went to fill the future and was very happy. So, uh, (laughs) fuck Eternals. Okay, that's harsh. It wasn't a horribly, horrible, horrible movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. You can hear this pre-recorded voicemail. He's going to look at his phone and say, who's calling me twice? Yeah. I bet he didn't save the number from the last time. How long is this phone ringing for voicemail? Oh, there. Hi, this is Corey. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Corey Smarvin, Wednesday Comics Podcast. Calling you about, uh, ask you about Eternals. Came out of Disney Plus today. Your review of it. See if you uh, concur with uh, Garrett over here. I, I'm hearing that you don't, but I want to hear from the horse's mouth himself. Mr. Uh, hashtag guest host one. Uh, but we heard that you're at a, a screening of Scream 
uh, Scream Six, Five. I don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, it's five. a re- it's a re- it's a remake <laughs> reboot. Uh, Not a remake. It's yeah. a reboot sequel. Right. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoy the Scream movie. Uh, I did see a trailer for it and didn't know what to think about it. Uh, and so I have not seen it, but I heard uh, people were liking it. So I assume you're going to like it, but we're here to talk about Eternal. So, you know what? Call the show back and let us know. Bye. I don't know. I Like I said, I didn't, when I said it fucking sucks, I don't know if I'd go that far. That was rude. But it is not enjoyable. So I would rather watch, what's, I mean, Thor the Dark World should have been a metaphor enough of how not enjoyable that movie was, but can't think of a word. I, maybe reading the end league issue one to four and then issue four to one, I'd probably still rather do that than watch Eternals again. So. Oh, no, 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 no. I think you forgot how bad that book was. I would, I think I'd rather be kids in the crotch at least once than read, uh, Unjustice or whatever it was. Yeah. I already it was end league. There we go. And it's just like, I thought, I mean, again, we should, talk about it after you guys watched because you guys had different opinions than me but I thought the characters weren't well flushed out I thought the third act was ridiculous and the first two acts like were building up to nothing so I think my only concern for watching it it's kind of like now for the record I love Sin City the movie but seeing all of those uh, famous ridiculously famous actors play these characters I was a little nervous going to see that movie 15 years ago now to find out how amazing that movie was uh i have the same regrets and concerns for eternals there's so much uh celebrity power in that movie is it going to be good or is everyone just getting a paycheck so according to garrett everyone just got a paycheck hey but the easter eggs and the setting up of the future is so good see my concern is i want to watch the movie as the movie not what it's going to promise me down the line which i think is where you came from right yeah i want i want my existing substance to be great and then i'm like wow just getting off the high of this and then now you tease another high not i'm so unimpressed and then you're like but the future is gonna be great (laughs) okay sure (laughs) oh fuck you are not calling him again He's going to hate you after this. <laughs> You're calling Corey three times, so fuck. You've reached John Runyon's phone. Leave me a message and I'll get back oh. to you as soon as I can. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Hello, Mr. John Runyon. This is uh, Marvin from Winston Cox Podcast. You may know me from... Uh, give me a call since you are a, a comic aficionado and you work at uh, RainbowComicsAndCards.com, your definitive source for all things comics. Uh, we were having a debate of uh, Eternals, and I figured that you would be a person that had seen it already. So we were you know, calling you for a review. Uh, obviously, I missed you. You probably, you know, uh, at the screen movie, uh, I heard a lot of people are there tonight. And so uh, um, uh, when you uh, get this, uh, you can feel free to give us a call back. Leave us a voicemail. What do you think about Eternals? If you haven't seen it yet, I look forward to... Uh, watching your show on Wednesdays at a comic book look on YouTube and uh, maybe you'll address us there. Have a good night. You know what? Nobody wants to answer their phone tonight. I'm always here it's trying to get reviews. Tonight. I'm trying to yeah, get, how dare them? I'm trying to some get people fo- work in the morning. Some people are sleeping. No, some nobody, people are doing other things. Nobody's in bed before 10 PM. Uh, I begged to differ. I literally can't think of anybody else who would have seen that movie. Um, with Tom, I'm not sure. I mean, it's been out a day. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's been out fans for... to give their reviews. It's been out forever, right? Well, your guys' homework by next episode, which is in like three days, uh, you have to watch the and report back. I, I, I don't know if I got that kind of time, so we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I say you go in with fresh eyes, and I'm sorry if I tainted for you, but I personally did not do it. All right, let's, well, let's move on here since uh, all of us, there's no other uh, opinions coming out here tonight.
I was looking forward to it. Somebody. Corey fucking failed us. The man's our movie guy. He's too busy watching other movies. <laughs> so ne- yeah. look forward to next week when we call him for a scream review. Uh, but you guys call us and give us the voicemail if you want to. 605-215-1849. There you go. Uh, let's get to the comic books of this week. Robin and Batman, they get together and they uh, hold each other in their arms while one's dying. Uh, number three. Uh, that's the whole title, by the way. Jeff Lemire is the writer. Dustin Wynn is the artist. Uh, but they're both uh, obviously working and contingent with each other, as they always do on our favorite books called Sender Ascender. Um, Garrett, what do you think uh, the Robin Batman? It's been incredible. Um, I mean, seeing Dustin Wynn come back and do some DC work has been so great. Uh, best painter in the business, I feel. Um, and Jeff, you know, he knows how to, he knows Batman, he knows Robin, and he knows how to tell uh, a story with these two characters. And it truly is kind of Robin figuring out his way uh, to working with Batman. And, you know, you get your uh, best friend Alfred back in the book and takes you back to those glory days of uh, Batman and Robin. So, or sorry, Robin and Batman. Um, like issue two, I thought was really endearing. And, you know, you kind of see the relationship of Bruce and uh, Dick Grayson forming. Um, and yeah, it's a fun read. And, it, there's a reason that Batman and Robin works, and this is a prime example of that. So they're the antithesis of each other, but they, you know, keep each other uh, sane. I would say so balanced. Different. There you go, Jeff Lemire, uh, one of the twins, and uh, Dustin Wynn. No uh, strangers to with working with each other. So there you go. Uh, next up here, Daredevil: Woman Without Woman Without Fear, number one of three, by. Zerarski and Rafael de la Torre, uh, Ch- uh, Chris uh, B- Bachelo on the cover there. The next pulse pounding chapter in the saga of New York City's Guardian Devil, this time starring Electra as Daredevil. Joined by Rafael del Toro, no del Toro, de la Torre, uh, Chip Zerarski continues his landmark run on the Daredevil story that spun directly out of the shocking revelations. Uh, revelations on the pages of Devil's Reign. Uh, Electra's world steadily is assassin, and she's taken a vow not to kill. You know, as you do. Someone puts themselves directly in her path with deadly consequences. Someone puts themselves directly in her path. Okay. What else would you expect from Marvel's Marvel Universe's greatest hunter? Uh, Alex. Raven. <laughs> Wolverine. What do you think? You know what? On, with Chip being on it, I'm already excited for it. He's done, he, he has done a good job of setting up Elektra being Daredevil. Uh, whether or not, I'm sure by the end of this book, she's got to start killing some people. She's got to have that bloodlust. And as we will talk later in this episode, uh, that's all this woman seems to know is blood, whether it's hers or other people's. Uh, for the record, you don't have to kill to beat the shit out of somebody. Batman does it all the time. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think Chip has done such a good job and especially this past year, has nailed every book that he has written uh, is usually fantastic. And so just to get that little bit more of Electra, and I'm sure maybe Matt will show up, or who cares? I'm excited for this Electra <laughs> book as well. It's called Electra, the woman with fear in everyone else. You um, know, I'm kind of bummed it's only uh, three issues, though. I thought it was going to be a new ongoing. I'm sure that they're spending all this, this devil reigns or whatever just to wrap up his story, much like Tom King is doing with his Batman Catwoman. Uh, give him that nice little send-off so that when we start Daredevil over again, it's new and reset to the clean slate that it always is. Have you two caught up on Devil's Reign? I have not. Oh, Did this two come out already? Yes. Okay, I gotta go pick that up. It's all out, isn't it? Huh? Isn't it all done? No. It's like six issues, I believe. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, I didn't, so th- yeah, I'm looking forward to this also with you uh, guys. Uh, Devil's Reign I have to catch up on. I do notice in the previews here, there is something uh, on the last page of the previews that is very interesting. We have uh, Electra's Daredevil and uh, obviously uh, Matt Murdock as Daredevil uh, take off their mask and kiss each other. We got some Daredevil and Daredevil action. Nice. Whoa. So spoilers, <laughs> uh, in Marvin fashion. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dark Ages number four of six. Tom Taylor Iben Kielo. Uh 
A group of heroes has crossed dark seas in a desperate and dangerous attempt to save their friends, but before the heroes can save the world, they must first survive the most treacherous place on Earth, Europe. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? I love this book. I'm kind of sad that it's only six issues long. I think this would be a nice little just... I don't know. I, I, like, I want it to be an ongoing, and maybe it will. Tom, or, uh, Tom Taylor's been known for starting a six issue and it continuing on just to let the story grow. Uh, the man knows how to kill characters off with there's no hold barred, uh, in injustice. There you go. In the book, injustice. Huh. This can be that. Uh, I, I, I just, it's fantastic. It's nice to see those books that don't have to do anything with, with, um, the ongoing realm that we live in and just kind of who can you murder today and not feel guilty about? Who can you murder today and not feel guilty about? You know what I mean? That's that's. They should make that a bumper sticker. You should tell that to Electra, you know, while you're at it. <laughs> Before we move on, I have a question for uh, Corey. So. Oh my god! <laughs> Gonna kill you, dude! Oh god. At this point, you if his phone was on, he should have shut it off. So. <laughs> Whatever eases your conscience. Hi, this is Corey. Please leave a message oh, and I'll get back to you. Oh, my God, dude. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Corey Marvin, Wednesday Comics Podcast, giving you a call back here. <laughs> So we were just talking about Dark Ages number four. I don't know if you've been reading it. Tom Taylor, Marvel, has Spider-Man in it, which kind of jogged the old memory banks. And I remember seeing a story today that Amazing Spider-Man is resetting in April, uh, going back to number one, uh, with Zeb Wells and uh, our favorite on the show, John uh, John Romita Jr. And uh, I was just calling to get your take on that. I mean, this thing, uh, how many times are you going to start this thing back in number one and still keep that legacy number? Did they run out of... Uh, you know, 25, 50, 75 anniversary issues to uh, take advantage of, and they got to redo it. So, uh, you know, just thinking about it, you know, just wanted to know what you, your take is on it. So, give us a call back. Oh, God. Go. What's your take on that, Alex? They're restarting it again. There, I didn't even know they were restarting They're not you know changing. The, the story's not changing or anything like that. The story is moving forward from where it is. They're just renumbering it. So, they're, are they still forgetting? the? And then they're going to have the legacy on there as well still? Yeah. That's whatever. That's what I mean. That's like, something horrible. Hey, Spider-Man's been going fine for three years now. Let's fuck it up. Zeb Wells has taken over. Been, John Romita Jr., your fave. Oh. But I will give John Romita Jr. a little credit. For some reason, his Spider-Man... I was going to say, Spider-Man's not as that bad. blocky as anything else. Like, I, I was reading the preview, and I was like, why doesn't he do this art for everything else he does? The thing is, too, it's like he isn't. It's not that John Romita is a bad artist. It's just that he is a fast artist. He's a self-acclaimed fast artist, and he knows he does a rougher kind of style. It's just nothing that I enjoy uh, looking at. So, um, I know people love his art. Some people love his art. I mean, uh, yeah. I think the problem is that the ones that I've seen him on are Batman. Was it Batman All Star? All Star Batman. I yep. couldn't handle that, and I never did finish uh, your guys' favorite book, Superman. Year one, unfinishable. You never finished it. I never finished it. Whoa, buddy! Let's do a little retro. Go back and review it. All I heard was when he humped that mermaid and started. His what tsunami. issue did you end on? You only read issue one. I only only read issue one. Motherfucker! He's got two issues of this shit left, Garrett. <laughs> I know. I don't know if he can handle it. Oh, I couldn't shit. handle it. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of things that I am so far behind on. Um, the question by Jeff Lemire and whoever was doing the art. I only read, I never even read the issue one. I have it. Catwoman, Lonely City, haven't read it. Have it, haven't read it. Ooh, it's good. Yeah, I heard it was good. I know Tom Devine said it was fantastic. So, hmm. some Cliff Chang art right there. Joe Hill, Rain number one of five over at Image Comics. Joe Hill, David uh, Boer, and uh, Zoe Thorogood on this book here. The first in the Chris Rael and Ashley Woods new synergy uh, publishing imprint of titles at Image Comics on a normally seem- on a seemingly normal August day in Boulder, Colorado. The skies are clear 
And Honeysuckle Speck couldn't be happier. She's finally moving in with her girlfriend, Yolanda. But their world's their world is literally torn apart when dark clouds roll in and release a downpour of nail splinters of bright crystals that shred the skin of anybody not undercover. Rain makes vivid Rain makes vivid this escalating apocalypse event as the deluge of nails spreads across the country and around the world, threatening everything young lovers, Honeysuckle, and Yolanda hold dear. So begins a gripping five-issue presentation of New York Times best-selling Joe Hill's acclaimed novella, adapted by David Boher and Zoe Thorogood. Um, and also uh, uh, colors by Chris O'Halloran from Ha Ha. So uh, this look uh, pretty interesting. Uh, the art of the cover uh, really grabbed me, and uh, it's a Joe Hill adaptation. And uh, so, you know, going to check it out. You know, my goal this year was to check out more shit, so might as well check this out. Uh, there's some stuff, obviously, that I'm obviously going to get, like uh, uh, Alex mentioned a second ago about the Daredevil, uh, but a lecture book. But uh, Joe Hill Reigns won, and it's like, this is when I see him. I'm like, you know what? Let's take the chance. There's an interest enough, and uh, I looked at the uh, preview. Looks good enough. So let's take a chance on it. Uh, Undiscovered Country number 18, Charles Soule, Scott Snyder, Leonardo, Grassi, and Jakepski, Kamikoli, Possibility in Part 6. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. Today's speaker is about to give what is undoubtedly the most important speech ever composed. So please give him your full attention as the third arc of our story comes to a shocking close. We now present Ace Kenyatta. What do you think about this book? Um, so good. Um, this is, this book is an epic, truly, because this group of people are basically going into a lockdown America, like 60, 70 years into the future, and they have to get through certain zones, um, basically to find out what happened to America and why did they close themselves off from the rest of the world, um, in this third land i believe it's called dream or inspiration can't remember but they each region usually has a challenge they have to accomplish to be able to go to the next region in america um and so this one they have to come up with something original um and i believe they're gonna do like a performance um of some sort so this will be the end of that arc um, there is a, if you guys remember way back from issue one, the cover with a guy with antlers wearing a helmet, he is still hot on their trail, uh, the group's trail, ready to kill them all because he's the one that wants to get inside the deep, deep center of America. Um, and yeah, he hasn't had a chance to until these, uh, people that haven't been in America for a long time have arrived. So uh, I'm excited for this book to finished its third arc uh, i'm guessing there's gonna be i think there's eight or nine regions so it's gonna be a long epic book and i've been loving it so far art's amazing story like has just been incredible a lot of characters mm. america uh there we go uh there's books coming up this week that peak our peaked our interest uh alex what about that weather nice day today outside but it sounds like you tomorrow more it's gonna be more of a nice day Sure, sure. Uh, you know what? Today was beautiful. A little, little on the cool side, but that's fine. Then when I went to take the dog for a walk, forgot my gloves. It was cold out, and I was getting chilly. I kept looking into the sky, saw that there was like these big, not even like white clouds, but the light from the city just shined up, and all you could see was white. It's like, shit, there's some snow coming. Okay, okay. I'm ready for it. Uh, yeah, it should be a shitload of snow tomorrow. They're saying four to eight. If we're lucky, it'll go south of us and hit uh, Iowa. No offense to Iowa, but they can have it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want shit to go south. That's sure right. Do. Well, it can skip you. Okay. Usually you know, usually north of us, Brookings gets nailed all the time. They uh, but the few times that I was down where you're at, Garrett, uh, it, it was shitty. Just pure yeah. shit. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it might be hitting you. Hmm. A shit weather hit. advisory remains in effect until midnight CST Friday night. Asterisk what snow expected. Total snow accumulations of 3 to 7 inches. Winds gusting as high as 35 miles per hour. There you go, 37. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, if it happens. 
I mean, it's not bad, but it's still shitty for... I have to leave the house to go to work. That sucks. Well, I mean, if you... Uh, Nick, by next... Uh, so it looked like by Sunday, 37, that should be melted anyway, so... Oh, hashtag guest host one just said, if you call him again, he'll answer. Why, is he out? Or is that a threat? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only text uh, I got, so... All right, well, you know what we got to do here. Bring that son of a bitch on here. <laughs> hello, hello. There he is. The hey, man whoa. himself. Hashtag guest host one coming at you. What questions do you have for me, Wednesday Comics Podcast? <laughs> uh, we were, I was calling you to uh, get your take on the Eternals movie. Uh, uh, Garrett said... Do not. So, here's the thing, guys. The one thing you don't want to listen to is Garrett Walls. Whatever he tells you about these Eternals movie, he is wrong. It is a very enjoyable experience. I'm not saying, hey, I'm not coming out here saying it's the best movie ever. I'm coming out here saying it's a pretty decent flick. And when I got done with this movie, out of joy, I went to call my brother. And I'm like, we are going to vibe so well. We're just gonna... And then he just came on there. He's like, the biggest wasted time of my life. And I'm like, what? And Corey, what was your, what was your line? Oh, my God. It sets up the future so well. It does. <laughs> See? <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Corey. Thanks for proving my point. Oh, so beautiful. What, Marvin and Alex? What do you guys think about it? We haven't seen it, so we were trying to yes, get. But he and I haven't seen it. We we, we had the uh, the two opposing voices of you and your brother. We asked your brother, uh, if it's good or not, whether it was so. worth okay, watching so we on Disney have Plus. Garrett's opinion and the right opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Why don't you check that uh, Rotten Tomatoes and uh, the where it sits on uh, almost every Marvel list now. Hey, like I said, it's not the best Marvel, but Garrett right <laughs> is like, dude, Thor the, Dark, Thor the Dark World is so much better than this. And I, like, if it I is. had food in my mouth, I would have vomited it out because it's such a hot, bad take. It's a terrible take. It's It was a good movie. It's not great. It's not bad. It's, it's you know... The things you literally okay. told the things you literally told me that you liked about it were how it set up the future and nothing to do with the actual movie itself. So, boom roasted. Boom what? Roasted. Because of things, it's a big cosmic scale movie. Mm, yes. Well, Garrett gave us homework that Marvin and I need to try to watch it before next week's show. So well, yeah, now that we've heard your it's okay and should. Yeah, and Garrett's it's and shit. I can't so we'll wait because then Marvin. And, I mean, I mean, you guys will. I'm not again on it. The fact that it's a good movie, not a great movie. I think you'll agree with me. <laughs> nowhere like Infinity War Endgame, but it's way better and than Dark World. No, so Malekith has more personality in that movie than that entire cast. Garrett, I mean Corey. Before we let <laughs> you go here. <laughs> We heard you I'm went to go see to the uh, the Scream movie. How was the Scream movie? I just got out of the Scream movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it's worth a watch. Hey, I had a question and, uh, about the Scream movie. I, Is this a sequel, reboot, remake? What do we have? So they're throwing out this new term out in the Ethoverse for the Scream universe, and it's a requel. It's not quite a reboot, but it's not quite a sequel. It's somewhere in between. So you got to view it Ooh. and you'll find out. Ah, okay. Is uh, no, uh, Courtney Cox in it? It honors Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Eve Campbell are all in it. The, the the three musketeers, the three that have been in every film. So I really liked it. I think you guys will too. There was some Easter eggs as we I uh, we went to the live Q. I mean, it wasn't live, but they had a Q and A after, and I missed an Easter egg or two where I was like, "Damn it!" Now I got to watch it again, but I'm probably. Gonna wait a little bit. What about Drew Barrymore? Should we make a reappearance? What? Drew uh, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Um, you know, spoilers for the people that haven't seen the first one in '96. Like, yeah, man, she doesn't make it out of the first 15 minutes. So, I mean, and if people come at me with the hate, just know that this movie's been out for what the fuck 20. 
Is that 26 years? You know, I seen that first movie, but I got up to go to the bathroom right away, and I came back, and I just thought she just never came back. (laughs) Hey, do you you guys remember in The Force Awakens that scene where Han dies? Dude, shut up. Can I curse on this podcast? (laughs) Yeah, you can. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was joking, and I did not say that nearly Hey, loud one more question right? before we let you go here so we can continue with this show. Jamie Kennedy, is he in this movie? All right, you can't well, answer, um, Corey. I can't answer that question. Well, you know what? Very interesting. I can't answer that question. All right, well, we'll take your silence as yes. All right, see you later. Have a good night. Uh, thank you for right, answering my phone. Yeah. Hashtag guest host one signing off. Eternals is a good movie. Go watch it. Thanks Bye. for your wrong opinion on Eternals. Thanks. <laughs> That's how I answer go. my phone calls to him, too. There you go. Nice review from uh, Opposing Opinions and uh, um, uh, a nice scream review. But I don't know, Garrett, can you take the review at, at face value? His review, like I said, even the future setup. It, are you for Scream or for, for Scream? Because you don't believe him on the uh, Eternals, so I can believe him on Scream. Well, I mean, usually me and Corey are on point when it comes to movies. He did but... say that he expected to call you and bond over this movie, and then you shit on his face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was face. so. It just. What I was oh. expecting and what I saw were completely two different things. Hold on a second. I just got a voicemail from, uh, from a number. Let's check it out. Oh, that's weird. There's like nothing, but it's your brother's number. <laughs> oh, weird. Who knows? <laughs> Somehow called me back and uh, butt dialed me or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there we go. There's uh, uh, that. And uh, uh, as we were just mentioning before, we asked to call him Snow tomorrow. So, you know. Is that for most of the U.S.? I think the whole U.S. is going to get some snow, right? Seven inches? I think so. All right. Or at least east of us. Uh, first up on the docket here, uh, let's talk about our book club book. Garrett, what do you call it? Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Sentient uh, Jeff Lemire and Gabriel Walta, issue number two. Uh, issue number one, as uh, we mentioned last week, started with uh, everybody dying on the ship, all the parents, uh, yeah, because of one individual on the ship decided that the human race should not try to uh, go to another colony and not try to. Uh, make earth spread more throughout the uh world like a virus you know uh like a bug like men in black like that cockroach and uh i uh, decided to kill everybody in the ship well then they overread she uh the the uh, ai uh killed the lady to stop him from killing all the kids uh ripped her into not really a couple of, you know a couple of shots to the heart with with her robotic arms uh and so in this issue we actually have the kids realizing what happened and basically them reacting to the events of the first issue. And I'm just going to tell you guys, uh, emotionally, very hard issue for me to read. Um, just from like, not only, so like there's, there's a couple of things that happened throughout this issue. And I think that, uh, Mr. Jeff Lemire and uh, Walter touch on, um, one is how children deal with the death of a parent, especially at the age that they're at. The oldest is probably, what, what was she turning in the first issue? What was her birthday? Is she 11? 11? Yes, 11. Um, and so she's the oldest out of all of them, so she's kind of in charge. Lily, Lil, as they call her. Um, and Which kind of threw me off for a second because I forgot her name was Lily. And I thought they were calling her Little, Lil. And I was like, if she's Little, then why they why is she in charge? Anyways, uh, that's my whole hang-up. But, she's uh, the oldest Little. Um. And so these kids dealing with their parents' death, and really they kind of go to anger right away and blame the the son of the person who killed everybody else. Um, I believe and, it's Isaac is his name, isn't it? Yep. Isaac? Yep. Yeah, and they're like, you did this. You you did it. Your mom did it, Isaac. Here it is. You did it, Mom. You're Isaac. It's your fault. He's like, I didn't know anything. I swear. He's like, she's like, liar. And then Val's like, hey, uh, you got to stop this. And she's like, shut up. So 
So right away, Isaac kind of gets isolated and kind of gets pushed off. And Val actually kind of helps him deal with that. I mean, like, no, we're all going to be together and uh, uh, deal with this. And towards the end of the comic or the, this issue, we kind of get them dealing with their parents' death by seeing them, their bodies at that point, and kind of having closure before they uh, chuck them into space, their lifeless bodies, um, which is kind of like a, a sweet and uh, <laughs> kind of, not gross, but morbid kind of sight. It's like it's nice that they're all there and they get to basically have a funeral for their parents, but it's just like you're chucking these bodies into the empties of space in this void. But I like that Val really is trying her best to help these kids, like with Isaac, trying to make him feel like he's still part of that group and not make him feel isolated. And then also, (laughs) she also was like, Gonna get rid of the bodies before they saw them because she's like, Oh, I thought you guys were gonna want to see your dead parents. They go, We kind of want to see them, you know, kind of like to get some closure. But I did find it funny that she was trying to, you know, chuck these bodies into space without them seeing them ever. Because um, he, <laughs> Isaac heard it and was just like, What the fuck is that? And you just see her moving bodies. <laughs> but she's learning, you know, she was like, Oh, maybe uh, I didn't realize this would be a good thing for you guys. So to become uh, their mother, she's gotta learn some motherly instincts. I appreciated that she she even called out for help, and she goes, "This is a point zero 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 seven six chance anyone's going to hear this, um, but I need help. All these kids are now orphans due to the situation, and uh, the moment that I almost got to it, I I didn't have a, too much of a hard time reading this, uh, but the moment that would have turned it was when the youngest little one, Fumo. Yeah, yeah, that was for me too. When she mm-hmm. she stepped forward and and they tried someone wanted to stop her and they go no let her have this moment and so when she goes and and touches her parents face uh, that was the part that would have broke me that was really sad I'm actually surprised this didn't time jump I was fully expecting after issue one of this series was going to time jump so to kind of get right back into what happened right away uh, that's pretty shocking and like you could still just remember the reverberance of issue one, like going into this. And I still just remember Val's like claw going through, uh, Isaac's mother. And it's just like, man, this is, uh, this is some heavy stuff that these kids are dealing with. Uh, and yeah, it's, this issue was definitely, uh, a continuance of issue one's darkness. I also, I think you had had to continue though, from one right away to give us that, even as the reader, we needed some closure. To see these parents. I don't know, something. but we don't always get that. I know, but this is one of those books. I mean, Jeff is one of those writers who I think understands the emotion, even for us, for 30 pages of reading, we are already attached to these parents and we got to watch them suffer slowly dying. I mean, I want to see them be sent off. We already knew that they ended up in space because that's how the book opens. But to see that these kids even get that moment to have closure and just, you know, tell their mom and dad, I love you. Even if it means nothing, they're they're already deceased. But to have that moment, to have that funeral, is is an important thing for everyone, even as the reader, to see. I'll say, um, so going back to a point that you brought up that uh, Val is learning. She also knew, like, to give up on that thing right away. Like, it's such a small chance that anybody will hear them. That when she met up with the kids later, she's like, "Yeah, nobody's coming." Like, she didn't even like. She's not human, so she doesn't like leave out hope. Like her logic says, her logic says, like nobody's gonna come. Um, so she has to, she goes, I mean, I have to keep you guys safe at this point. Um, Hey, so I thought that was cool. I actually liked that a lot because at the beginning when she was trying to call somebody, I was like, dude, she must know there's no fucking chance. you right. And there's obviously no way she could turn around the ship or anything like that. Cause she didn't try to. And so she's like, I got to figure out how to keep you guys safe. And so uh, I'm interested to see where that goes and what she's willing to do. I, I guess she's willing to kill to keep them safe. So, but also at the end of the book, we kind of get the hint uh, that the narration, We I always assumed that it was Lil, uh, but it, it's not. And actually, at the end, we got to get some kind of a, a hint that maybe Lily's not going to be so nice going forward. So uh, that kind of like left us on a cliffhanger being like, oh, I, always, I, like, I thought it was her talking to the first issue, but it's not. Um, it sounds like maybe, maybe it's Isaac, actually. So um, we'll see. But I really enjoyed it a lot. Something also, Gabriel Walta is... Uh, pretty consistent in his style and how his art looks. So, and like when I was reading this issue, I was like, this reminds me a lot of Vision 
and, what, and like he does excellent work. He doesn't really do surprising work. Like he doesn't really kind of venture outside of his own style too much. But what he does looks great. And so so far, two issues in, uh, I really enjoyed how this has looked, and it kind of really adds to that morbid uh, feeling uh, that they have. And it really does also make it feel like they're stuck in space. We don't get many shots of space and showing the actual ship full scale. Like we're mostly inside the ship. And I think that helps a lot with, you know, they're in this void where the, nobody's there with them except for themselves. And it really helps with that claustrophobia. So, uh, so far been excellent with Walt on it. I'm going to give it uh, this one uh, a 10. This one's really good. I actually thought this was better than the first issue. Hmm. I think I'm sitting at an eight. I, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit, but I thought it was more continuance to issue one for me. So, um, yeah, I thought it, the art was great. Um, and then the emotional resonance from issue one to this was on point. So eight. I'm going to go with nine. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the issue. Uh, it did touch on my heartstrings, but there wasn't anything that tipped it over enough to be like, this is a perfect issue. It was good, but a nine for me. There you go. Sentient uh, number three we'll talk about next week on the uh, podcast there. Uh, Superman, Son of Callow, number six, John Timms and Tom Taylor. The uh, continuing story of John Kent and his new ally, Jay Nakamura. Um, I don't know why I said like that. Uh, Jay Nakamura. Um we learned in, in previous issues that Jay uh, used to be part of a different country where he was kidnapped. And we kind of learned in this issue that his mom actually was killed and she used to be president of that country. And the uh, new president is the one who did it uh, and kind of experimented on him. That's why he can phase through stuff now. And he's part of these group of metahumans that have been forced to be metahumans, these immigrants. Uh, and so we kind of get the continuation of that story, which... Even though this is six issues in, Garrett, uh, mm-hmm. it still feels like that we're still talking about the first arc. It's going to be a long arc. It's not like a three, four done. It's it's six in, and I think it's kind of the continuation that's been going on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is his, I mean, it's not his origin story, but it's his uh, year one, you know. So we're uh, seeing him kind of figure out how to do this on his own ever since his dad left. And uh, I think he's really doing great in strides. And um this issue was extra joyful because we have um, him learning more about uh, Jay. Um, we have some Lois and uh, Batman scenes. And then my boy Damien makes a cameo in this issue. Uh, not a cameo. He's actually in like the last half of the book. Um, you know, and he's there for John uh, in a pivotal moment of this issue. Um, you know, he finds out about him and Jay and he's like, man, I'm proud of you. Like I'm, I'm so happy for you. And you're like, whoa, Damien doesn't show emotion much. But for his buddy, John, that kid's, that's kid's uh, an emotional beast. So, And he looks but, yeah. he looks his age now. He does. Or John does or no, 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 Damien. Uh, Damien. Yeah, Damien looks like, hopefully he's like 13, 14 now. Yeah, he definitely looks like a teenager now. Before he's still like... They were saying he was like a teenager and he still looked like he was seven. And so they finally given him a, a little spurt there, a little girl spurt. Um, yeah, I like that too. I like all the things about John and Jay. Um, <clears throat> this issue in particular, like this series still, and I said this before and I still agree with it, that it tries to touch upon these subjects, which could seem like it is reaching and trying to you know, uh, uh, pander to a certain audience, but it doesn't feel like that. It actually feels uh, genuine. Um, and one of the things that, like, is one example that I like to pull out that, uh, and I thought I like to pull up that, but I like to, I would like to bring up right now is that actually that wasn't supposed to be Damien. I read originally it was Tim, because originally Tim came out as being bi also, and they were going to have Tim like and and John talk, and kind of like have that moment where more people realize that. That was his boyfriend, Jay, now. And uh, uh, they were, Tom was like, but, you know, Tim and John don't really know each other. Like, how's that? Does yeah, that they've sense? never talked to each other one time. Like, that wouldn't so, make yeah, sense for him to. Weird. So they made the choice for Damien. I think it works well. But also, like I said, they're not just going to bring two characters just because they share a sexual preference to be like, oh, they should be in this book. They're both bi. It's like, no, like, that's his friend. And it makes sense that story wise that Damien would talk to him. Also, Damien is on a quest to be the world's best detective. And uh, he knew right away. He was like, guys, you're dating? All right. He's like, 
uh, what do you say? He said, uh, I'm happy for you, proud of you, man. And uh, that yep. was it. And it was a nice little moment uh, that is, you know, what this book has a lot of nice stuff, nice little moments like that. Like it doesn't need to, even though it's six issues in, I, and I'm saying like it's part of the same arc, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between uh, the story that adds more to this and actually feels like it's not just six issues of one story. There's little things like him meeting Damien and then this issue his mom uh, kind of meets is breaking in in the same place they're breaking in because she's Lois Lane and that's what she does. Uh, and so I, I it's it's very much feels very much like a full flooded cast, full flooded, full flooded, full fledged cast behind uh, uh, John. And it's not just even though it's called Son of Kal El, Superman, it really is about Superman and his friends uh, and his family. So um, enjoyable, very nice. Uh, I'm gonna give this one a nine. I'd give it a nine as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, gosh, last issue was probably, I mean, this issue is a running for my favorite, but uh, when John did that chess match with uh, Lex and that, uh, I think it was last issue or two issues ago. No, it was issue five. Fucking amazing. And, like, almost all that I'm like, you don't even need Clark in this book. Like, now John's arch nemesis is Lex Luthor, you know, and I'm sure I'll have his own, but that issue was beautiful. And, like, this is just fun, too. I mean, that's, some of the great things is Superman supporting characters. Um, and so I think kind of putting them in the spotlight and like seeing how they interact with his life makes his character more well-rounded because you know who influences him and who inspires him to be uh, better. So I actually yeah. do have one thing I didn't like about this issue. The reason why I can't give it a 10 is that mm-hmm. the beginning of the issue, they say his mom is dead, uh, Jace. And then at the end of the issue, they go, she's alive. So like it really... I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess you're not going to make this a mystery. And it just seemed like they didn't want to fully flesh out that storyline. It's just like, oh, she's dead. Oh, she's actually alive, actually. Uh, but I mean, that happened to him when he was younger. So in his character, I could see where it's like, oh, it's been some time. I know. I just felt like it was just like it's there more for a plot point rather than uh, a moment for Jay. Um, at that, but, you know, it, it wasn't bad. It just it felt weird to me, uh, the placing of it. Uh, next up here, Electro Black, White, and Blood, which I feel like they've done for, like, how many different things? There was Wolverine, right? Yep. Wolverine Deadpool. and Deadpool. Deadpool. So I, think... I thought there was one more. I didn't get the other one. I don't know what the other one was. I'll look it up here in a second, but this is number one of four. In this issue, we get Charles Soule, Mark Bagley doing a story called Red Dawn. We have Leonardo Romero doing a story called Not the Devil. And then Declan Shelby and Samun. The money uh, Armini uh, doing the Crimson Path. What do you guys think here, Electra? Well, so like you said, there was three stories in this book, and I got to be honest, I liked one of the three. Uh, the other two were okay. Um, so, which one did you like? Which one did I like? I liked the first story with Charles Soule and Mark Bagley, uh, the Red Dawn. Basically turning Electra's storyline into a vampire storyline, which I thought was pretty awesome um, because, you know, basically Electra's fighting off a horde of vampires and she, spoilers, turns into one. And it's her kind of, um, you know, opposing these vampires, but at the same time now using this newfound power to uh, protect the innocent. So, um at the end of the day, even when she's corrupted as a vampire, she still is trying to be a hero and she's still trying to uh, save people. So I, I thought that was excellent. I thought Mark Bagley's like, I haven't seen dark Mark Bagley art. And this was awesome because it was very dark and horror-esque. And I was like, whoa, Bagley, like this is a new uh, color in your wheelhouse that I would love to see more of. I'd love to see him do more horror or darker books. So... I thought that first story was just spectacular. What did you I, think? Al? I enjoyed the first. The first one was the best. Um, the only thing I had is the the feeling throughout the whole book. All it dealt with was her dying. That's all they could talk about in this whole book. And I felt like there was more to this character. And I realized this is one of those those four issue, six issue, whatever's that all they're going to do is is grow upon stuff. Whether they tell you about how she died or what have you. I get she's lived many, many, many lives. Um, but I wish that there would have at least been one issue where, or one part of this book that did not focus on I've died. 
and that she didn't have to remind us that she's died. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, what's been nice about these anthologies, even at DC, is like, you get a story about a mission, you get a story about, like, maybe something in the past, and you get, like, a story about something in the future, or whatever. But this was, like, literally three missions, all as each a short story, and I was like, maybe they shouldn't all been in issue one, because, you know, that yeah, the second and third one, it's just kind of like the story happens upon Electra as opposed to Electra being part of the story. Um, and so I, I didn't like that aspect of the book. Uh, the first story was her all the way through. The second one, the second and third one, it just wasn't, it wasn't emotionally resonant there. And like, you know, you see how pivotal a character she is in Daredevil and like she forges her own destiny. This kind of just seemed like, Oh, I was at a bar and a fight happened, so I went to go stop it. You know, I what, I, what happened in in part two? Because I remember part three was the she is fighting to protect innocence, whether it's her rebirth again, and instead of letting the white get bloody, she's the one who's willing to get bloodied up and and do the dirty work. I don't remember two. I don't remember the second one. Two is kind of her being like an assassin for hire. Um. And so when she goes to kill this guy, uh, he has his little girl there. And so from her eyes, she thinks Electra is like the bad guy. And throughout the whole story, basically, um, you know, there's a point where Electra could finish her mission and kill the girl's father. And she decides like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um No, she does kill him, but then she does, she, kill, him, but that's, she that's does right. kill him. But but leaves the girl. She sees first. the daughter first, and that's right. Gets reminded of of she didn't want to kill him at the point. And the girl punched her off. That's right. Yeah, it was it was okay. Like this is one of those books where I I went into it hoping for uh, three separate issues where it didn't necessarily have to make me feel happy or anything, but it had to be kind of fun. I read the first one. I was weirded out that she turned into a vampire, but whatever. It looked amazing. I got to book two or part two. And I was like, okay, this is kind of boring. And I got to three, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, three got extreme. Like, I thought that three, they forgot that this was, like, Electra and not Wonder Woman. Like, I was like, what the hell is going on here? So, three, I thought, was totally off the mark with Electra. Uh, the art was decent, but again, you know, I think a lot of us know Electra by this point, and, like, we know what makes her a really good character, and, like, to have these totally far off stories i would say it it just didn't fit i feel and like we know that Electra's a visceral very cunning uh you know very i would say beautiful like dancer like ninja assassin you know you didn't get a lot of that in this first issue yeah. so i would say gosh it's hard because i'd give like the first story a nine the second story like a seven and then the last story like a four four or five so i think aggregately i'd give it like a six ish seven i i'm at a seven i mean yeah. the first the first part was enough to make me enjoy it i like electra as a character i just like you said there, there's more to her than what we had seen in this these three little story pieces um and i honestly for me electra is one of those grounded characters where yes she has lived a an, an exorbitant amount of lives whether dying in them or being filthy rich or whatever life it was that she had had. Um, but I always felt like she was grounded. She always kind of did stuff on the nitty gritty. This was the last one specifically was so out there for me. And even the first one where she got brought into vampires and instead of being a vampire for the rest of her life, she lets herself burn out in the morning dawn, which was, I mean, a selfless thing for her. She told the the child, you know, when your sister wakes up, have her come find me. I'll be outside. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I'd give it a seven. It was fine. It could I could have expected more and wanted a little bit more of it, but I'll take what I can get. There you go, uh, Electra Black, White, and Blood. <clears throat> I, I was going to read it, and then I saw the uh, people involved, and I was like, I have no interest. So, um, not even Charles Soul. It was kind. Of, it was almost there. But not that I don't have an interest because I actually like all of them. But on an Electra book, I don't know. I if Chip was on this book, I definitely would have got it. Um, but he, or like Mark Wade or somebody who's written Daredevil before. I know Charles Soule has, but I don't know. Whatever. 
I didn't get it. Um, uh, the other black, white, and buds were uh, Electra, as you just mentioned. We just mentioned Wolverine, Deadpool, and Carnage. Oh, Carnage was the one I skipped. Yeah. Yep, I didn't get Carnage. I got Deadpool and Wolverine. So there you go. Uh, I saw that. And I was like, oh yeah, we're talking about that, but I know you guys didn't get it. Um, we were talking about it in the previous or seen it on the previous lot. So there we go. A little Carnage. Uh, by the way, anybody ever see that Venom too? Uh, has to guess those one did. <laughs> shit. He said it was uh, shit. Oh, that's right. Probably he did better than Eternals, but so. he was on the show, or he he mentioned that uh, off the show, and I think I, I told on the show that he said it was bad. So, um, and then the end. Mary told us the end. Uh, they were at back. Uh, Eddie went to the uh, MCU, and they brought back that joke for the end of uh, No Way Home. If you haven't seen that yet. Uh, and it's interesting what to do with that, um, because it kind of just shits on that whole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, MC was like, "Nah, we good." Was like, you know what? <laughs> Leave a little behind. We'll do it ourselves. So, um, which I, makes me think they're just gonna skip the Eddie Brock the whole thing, and they're gonna move on to, uh, you know, Flash. So, mm. which I mean, that kid's a pretty good actor. So I would, yeah. I would, I would like to see him uh, do something there. So. There we go, right. Wednesday Comics. I feel like we're missing something because we're going up short tonight. But I think we just had a short show. Well, we started earlier than normal, too. Yeah, so uh, there we go. Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com is the email address. 605-215-1849 is the uh, voicemail. You can uh, call us and leave us a voicemail. Uh, or I might call you. Who knows? Um, put the number on your phone. Wednesday Comics will pop up. Uh, even with that time calling people, we're, we're, it's a shorter show than usual. So... I think it's because um, uh, we both didn't read. Like, I didn't read that lecture book, so we would have talked about it longer. That's probably uh, But it does honestly feel like I'm forgetting something. RainbowComicsAndCards.com, your definitive source for all things comics. Go there, get your comic books, and also go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. Pick up Pollen Files. Uh, new uh, issue out now, I believe six. So go there and get your copy. Um, and also go there and read a bit more about the Avatar of the Green. That book. The uh, Swamp Thing uh, book. Uh, what was it called? Evil Twin? Seed of Evil? Uh, uh, hell, green Hell. Green Hell. <laughs> <laughs> evil Twin. Evil Twin. <laughs> Do you guys ever see that movie with the Evil Twin? Bad Seed? Uh, mm-mm. No. I remember watching that on TV as a kid and uh, thinking that it looked cheap, but also it was still creepy. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Bad Seed. It's not, I don't think it's supposed to be a good movie, so I can put that out there. I'm, just, I'm not giving it the stamp of my approval, as as Garrett uh, has not for Eternals and Corey did for Eternals. Uh, I'm just saying. By the way, you know, a movie's going to be good when somebody tells you, "Hey, just go into it not expecting the best thing ever," and it's you know, and then you, when you think it's going to be uh, okay, then you'll like it. So, <laughs> isn't that what Wolf your brother buzz. said? Is that, is, is that exactly what he said? Something like that. You know what? Listening to him actually made me think you're right. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I could be wrong, but you're not going to get me to watch that movie again. At Wednesday Comics is the Twitter. Uh, you can see Alex at the AP Keaton. And you can follow Garrett at Garrett2188. And you can follow me at Marvin underscore Salguero. A picture of WednesdayComics.com and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Uh, different options on there. And also you can click on the website button and go to the merch page there so uh as alex mentioned earlier in the show we gotta you know, wrap things up here we gotta get the uh you know get the uh the snow windows on and get the uh, uh windshield wipers up uh make sure we put a little salt down and put a little pre shovel down anybody who doesn't live in, in any kind of snow doesn't know what i'm talking about right you know when it's about <laughs> the snow you go out there and you put a little pre shovel you know, you put little shovels all over the place. I uh, definitely when that as low. Like I, you know, I've heard of pre-shoveling. Uh, it's not that. It's not usually for snow. Yeah, it's called stand on the sidewalk and hope it won't snow there. You mean? <laughs> I don't know. I, I usually, guys, I've been. Hold on a second. Uh, I know. I, w- I was thinking. I, I was like, man, if I just put some sleds on my sidewalk, all I'd have to do is just pull it. You know, it's twenty twenty two. Why can't they put heat elements on the sidewalk? So at least the sidewalk does not get ice or snow on it. Is it just too expensive? Yes, man. Like, can Doesn't I invest? That cost in too it? much. Like, if you use solar power, then you wouldn't even have to have any kind of battery or anything like that. 
I just saw taxes increased on solar power. Jesus California. Christ. In California? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of solar power, where's Hyperion when you need them? Heat this shit up, baby. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For Wednesday Comics, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone, stay healthy, stay warm, and keep turning those pages. There it goes, and nobody knows.